Journey to Organization, episode 144. Three tips for getting ready for Rosh Hashanah. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman. Advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to the Journey to Organization podcast. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begon Personal Organization. And today I want to talk to you about getting organized for Rosh Hashanah. This year is totally different than all the years before and it can be a little bit daunting to think about about maybe not going to shul this year. I think that it can really disarm you when everything is not like how it was before. So here are a few tips of things that I have for you to spiritually prepare yourself and organize yourself for Rosh Hashanah this year, especially if you're not going to shul. With a little organization and preparation now, you can still have a beautiful and positive experience regardless of where you will be and who you will be with, even if you'll be by yourself. When you prepare what you want in advance, it allows you to take time up front to think about what exactly it is that you need to organize yourself and feel good about the holiday or any experience that you're going into. I find that preparing in advance gives us the time and the space we need to make things happen. It gives us time to think things over and it allows us to have the ability to more clearly see what it is that we actually need. So in order to more spiritually prepare for Yom Tov, my first tip is this. I like to sit with my thoughts for a few weeks before the holidays and reflect upon what I've done, and where I would like to go this year. 2020 was kind of a downer for most of us, and I think that a lot of us want to have a different 2021, a different 5781. Uh, I think that we can sit down and look back at where we didn't do good enough and where we can do better. And I think that even though it's been kind of a bummer year, (laughs) on whichever calendar you look at it, I think that when you sit down and you take stock about what you did do and what you didn't do and what you wanted to do and what you what you actually got done and and take a look through the self-improvement lens and the repentance lens, I think it makes it a lot easier to move forward and reach your goals in the future. So what I always like to do is I always like to spend, especially I've been journaling a lot lately, but especially in the Jewish month of Elul, I really like to just journal. I work really, really hard to try to express gratitude every single day. And the first thing that I noticed is once I started looking for things to be grateful for, I was, I felt more satisfied with what I already had because I could look at the things that I have and saying, instead of saying, this is so shabby, I could say, oh, thank God I have this. And that was a really big turning point for me. And so Every day when I journal, I try to just write down five points of gratitude for myself so that I can I can really feel grateful and change my perspective. On the days when I don't get to journal, I try to just sit and run through five or ten things in my mind that I am grateful for. And they're simple most of the time. I'm often grateful for a parking space that I got on the street or a roof over my head or food that I was able to put on the table or I'm grateful for my husband or I'm grateful for my children. Even sometimes when I don't feel so grateful, I try to reframe it for myself and remember that I am grateful that I have them in my life. 
So that's part one of, of the first tip is to sit down with yourself and figure out exactly where you want to go for the year and what you want to do. What are your goals for this year? Do you want to be more organized? Do you want to have less stuff? Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to have a better relationship with your partner, with your children, with your parents, whatever, whatever it is that you want, sit down and take some time to write what has happened over the last year, where you want to go. I also like to take this time and and see if there's anybody who I need to make amends with or anyone that I need to change my relationship with because oftentimes there is someone who that needs to happen with and I'm able to be more clear and then be more direct and focused when I actually speak to them. So I'm more clear with what I want. And then when I speak to them, I'm able to actually specify what I need or want from that person or in a certain situation. Another thing that writing really helps me with is it allows me to focus on where I would like to go. So what are my goals for this year? Do I want to make more money? Do I want to have more clients? Do I want to reach more people? Whatever it is, like these are the times when I sit down and I can, you know, I can focus on my thoughts. And the advantage of doing this, in my opinion, especially this year, is that for those of us who will not be going to shul to to pray, I feel like Having these guidelines about what we are grateful for, thank you for keeping us alive, thank you for giving us good health, thank you for putting food on our table, coupled with where we would like to go, thank you for all the things that you are going to give me in the future, and please help me be able to accept all the blessing that you're going to give me. When we're able to to do that, when we're praying by ourselves, I feel like it is much easier to feel inspired and it is much easier to look at the prayers and feel more connected to them when you know where you've been and where you're going. I also find that because if you're not going to show this year, you may want to go ahead and look for some inspirational magazines or books or websites that you can assemble information with upfront now before Yom Tov starts uh, or print out anything that you might want to print out and read later so that you have inspirational things to read throughout the Yom Tov because Yom Tovim because there's a few of them right if you take a little time on the front end to prepare, find some books that are inspirational for you, find some websites, find a magazine, whatever it is, so that you have material to get through the day. It doesn't just have to be about prayer. These things can inspire us to move forward with our journeys, both with ourselves and with God. And I think that just putting in a little time up front organizing yourself so that you're not hustling at the last minute trying to find this information slowly seek it out starting now and over time by the time we get to Yom Tov in a few days soon it's sooner than you think uh, you will have all the material assembled that you need to have a really inspirational and beautiful Yom Tov the second thing that I think is really important to do before Yom Tov to make sure that you're organized is to Find a way to hear the shofar before Yom Tov. Please do not leave this till the last minute. <laughs> I, I 
I would hate for people to miss out on things. Know what's going on in your community. If you're not going to make it to shul, that's fine. But figure out when the shofar is going to be blown. Arrange for someone to come to your house to do it if you or someone in your family can't do it for you. Uh, arrange to have a shofar on hand so that it's not an issue if someone in your family wants to do it by themselves. But understand that... If you take the time to prepare and figure out exactly where this is going to be, then it won't be something that you miss and feel regretful for later on. So look around and see in the community what the alternatives are going to be for the shofar. Uh, arrange your own if you must, but I feel like the shofar is by far the most inspirational tool of, of Rosh Hashanah and the Chagim in general. And it would be so sad to miss out on it, especially because of quarantine rules or or just rules about how many people can be in the shul the beauty of the shofar is you don't need to be very close to it to hear it so you know you can have a blow uh, a public display in the street you can have something private in your home there are lots of alternatives about dealing with the shofar but it is something that you should arrange in advance and make sure that this is organized and taken care of because you don't want to be scrambling at the last minute trying to arrange it the third thing that I think is really important to remember during this year in particular is to organize yourself enough so that you can elevate the experience at your table. So by that I mean it's true you might not be going to shul, you may not, you know, be having any company, but elevating yourself at the table makes the experience so much more spiritual. So what I always like to remind everybody before a chag is to always get your clothes checked out and make sure everybody has everything that they need to wear. This year in particular, I'm not saying necessarily go out and buy yourself a new outfit, but definitely come to the table in something that is for Yom Tov. It, the, the overwhelming feeling I have found for many, many people during this time of coronavirus has been for people to you know, just kind of show up in as casual a way as they can. And I totally get that. And in theory, that's fine. But if you want to make this a spiritual experience for yourself, organize yourself right now. Find something in your closet that makes you feel really beautiful. It doesn't have to be new. It just has to be clean and really nice. Like, Find something in your closet that makes you look beautiful. Find something in your kids' closets, in your spouse's closet that makes them feel, you know, good about themselves and that looks sparkly and clean. And set your table nice. Go the extra mile to put out your beautiful table settings and your beautiful service because, you know, it's a Yom Tov and it's worth it. And what it's going to do is it's going to make this experience feel happy and special, even in a time when everything feels a little bit stressed out and disorganized and worrisome. But when you sit down, when you feel beautiful, when you when your family looks beautiful, when you sit down at a beautiful table, it's going to make a huge difference in the spirituality of the event. And I think that what we need so much at this time is a way to connect both to ourselves and to God and to our families. It's so important. And I really believe that a beautiful table makes it easier for kids to pay attention. They're, they're, they're really awed by the beauty of it. It makes them happier to sit there because 
they're thrilled that they are getting, you know, the beautiful table setting. And when they feel, when they look good, they feel good and they're happier to sit there. And I'm not saying put them in something that makes them feel uncomfortable. I'm saying make everybody feel comfortable at the table, but go the extra mile to dress up and feel good about yourself and elevate the experience because it's worth it in the end. It does take a little bit of organization. You're going to want to go ahead and figure out exactly, you know, what you would like to use on your table. Let's say which dishes, which tablecloth, which silverware. Maybe you want to add some beautiful flowers. You can go ahead and order those in advance. Maybe you want to add a beautiful plant. Maybe you're, in addition to lighting your Yom Tov candles, you want to put different candles on the table. Maybe you're going to put candles around the room. We, for, for a regular Shabbat even, we have these fairy lights around our, our dining room and we turn down all the other lights and so it's just the fairy lights on Shabbat. And it's this really amazing beautiful ambiance that we have that makes it feel like special for Shabbat and it's beautiful and I think now the kids are getting like a little more used to it we've been doing it for a while but when we did have guests coming to our house they were always like wow it's so beautiful with the lighting and so take a minute to think about these extra things small things that you can do to enhance the experience of dining on Yom Tov Uh, you can there are so many things you could do. You could decorate with fabrics. You could put up, you know, other special lighting. There are so many things you can do and it will just enhance the experience. And at a time when everything feels like it's super casual, this will make the experience so amazing and beautiful. And in terms of what you wear, just take time to go through your closet now, look at what you have, see if there's anything that you want to add to it, choose your, choose your, um, choose your outfits now, lay them out, put them out so your kids can see them, ask them like, do you want to wear this? Do you want to wear this? Plan with them, get them excited for it. But if you do a little bit right now and slowly every day and ask them, do you need new tights? Do you need a new hairband? Do you, are your pants long enough? Maybe some nice new socks will make you feel good. Whatever it is, getting them excited about what they are going to be wearing, I think helps elevate the situation because, you know, most of us have not been putting on the fancy stuff all week long and I think that this really really helps so it does take a little bit of organization a little bit of planning I encourage you to go back to episode 72 and episode 27 because those are also about Rosh Hashanah and they can give you some additional boosts and ways to deal with Elul though maybe not all of them are relevant to to today but I feel like still there's a lot of good tidbits and information in those episodes that are worthwhile to go back to and refer to I also want to remind you to start organizing your tzedakah right now. Go ahead and plan out how you will be giving tzedakah for this coming year, where you would like to give tzedakah to, look for maybe new organizations that you'd like to give to. I love giving to Leket, which is a food rescue organization here in Israel that gives rescues food and gives food to the needy. You can hear more about that in episode 109. Um, in my in, in my interview with uh, Leket, 
We all know that the famous refrain on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is Teshuvah, Tefillah, Tzedakah, uh, repentance, prayer, and charity will erase the bad decree. It's a really good idea to go ahead and start organizing where you would like to give Tzedakah to both up until Chag and then following after Chag. Planning what you want to give to and who you're going to be giving to throughout the year, I think, helps remind us to, making a plan at least, helps remind us exactly that we need to continue to give charity, but also it allows us to feel confident. And, and when we research organizations that feel good to us, uh, we feel more confident about giving to those organizations. So doing a little bit of organization around Tzedakah is also a really good idea. And I think that that will help with the spirituality of the month of Elul and and just organization in general. One of the things I think is really important during this time is to also tell our kids that we are organizing Sadaka because our kids don't necessarily see us giving Sadaka. And so when you sit down and you can plan who you are giving Sadaka to, uh, this makes it more apparent to our kids. So it not only helps us organize where we're going to be giving gives us a plan for the year it also allows us to show our kids exactly how to give tzedakah i always remember learning that you know we should teach our kids to give tzedakah and it's really really important but today i mean i don't know about you but i don't sit down and write checks out to charity put them in an envelope and then put a stamp on them I go to their website I take my credit card and I give a donation through the website right so like my kids don't necessarily see me sitting down and giving charity and so if you can sit down and maybe plan and just say to them hey are there any stucco that you would like to give to? They might not know what sedaka they want to give to, but maybe there's something that's close to their kid, your kids' hearts that you can research an organization together that they would feel really good about, and that is a really great way to inspire sedaka in your kids. So, for example, we are super interested in Leket. We we go to their family events, and we've done we've gone to their picking events where we pick food for the needy. I donate to them regularly uh, I've had them on the in, on the podcast to to make other people be interested in them right but I I have found that like some of my kids have different interests and when I was talking to my son about where we could donate some of his bar mitzvah money to we we decided we had this conversation and it was sort of this first time that we have I had ever had this conversation with him and it was eye-opening. He's like, well, you don't give tzedakah. And I'm like, of course I give tzedakah. And like our kids didn't don't see us doing it, but we do it. And it's really important to, to include our kids in that. So I think that this is a really great way to organize for this new year and make tzedakah a priority in our families, especially this year when so many people need it. Um, I think that it's amazing if we can sit down and help our kids and understand. Giving to local Jewish social service agencies, giving to organizations like Yad Sara here in Israel, giving to uh, a local food bank, any of those things help communities in your area. Giving to your local mikvah, giving to your local shul, giving to your local school, any of those places is great. And Teaching our kids to give tzedakah is super, super important. And I think that when you can sit down and organize this part of, of tzedakah with your family, it, it includes your kids in an area that they're not totally included in. Ultimately, how much you give, you don't have to tell them. But just the planning of sitting down and telling them like that this is who we're going to give to. In October, we're going to give to this 
tzedakah and November we're going to give to that tzedakah and December we're going to give to that tzedakah and just planning that out for the year I think that it really shows them the importance and the value and it's a it's just something that's really important at the table if you have already decided and you don't really want their input you just want to let them know you can simply just tell them but it's a good idea to get them included and and donate to charities that feel important to them as well so that they learn to love this mitzvah there's one last thing that I would love to remind everyone to do that I think will also really be helpful and really exciting and that is to not forget to look for a new fruit uh, or something you haven't eaten, uh, a new fruit, really. Um, I guess you could do it also with a new vegetable, <laughs> but something that you can make shechianu over, and that's exciting. I remember it doesn't have to be new, new, never done. It could be first time for the season, but whenever we do this, the kids get so excited, especially if it's a new fruit that we've never tried before. The kids are super, super excited to do that. I've just found that that is some way to really get the kids in involved and excited and showing up at the table because they get to try this new fruit and make a special bracha and it's exciting and and really amazing so i hope that you've enjoyed these tips um for for more on rosh hashanah you could definitely head back to episode 72 episode 27 like i mentioned before definitely check out the episode on leket i am looking forward to hearing your feedback on this episode it's been a little quiet i haven't heard from a lot of you lately so please don't hesitate to leave me a voicemail or reply via email i would love to hear you during the month of september there is a special lecture series going on in the facebook group so if you're not a member of the facebook group please go ahead and join it uh, there's special series on organizing for sexual health and it's so far been amazing and it's a really really great series and I have a lot of great speakers planned so please head on over to organizing in Israel you don't have to live in Israel to join the Facebook group if you need help with organization or decluttering please don't hesitate to reach out also if you are planning your aliyah and you need help planning your aliyah please don't hesitate to reach out I'm Rebecca at RebeccaSaltzman.com. That's R-E-B-E-K-A-H. And you can book a consultation at balaganbegon.com forward slash book dash now. Uh, a 30-minute consultation. There's no obligation. I'm happy to talk to anybody who wants to book a time with me. It's really, really important to schedule these consultations because a lot of times people don't exactly know what they need. These consultations give me a chance to help guide you and help you figure out what exactly it is that you need. We can do Aliyah planning online and we can do the done in a day declutter online if you don't work in my, if you don't live in my service area. I love to do the done in a day declutter. It really, really helps everyone who does it. It's a four hour service. We start the morning off creating goals and then we spend the next few hours doing check-ins with targeted goals for you. I create targeted goals and I hold you accountable for all of those goals. It's a so been so successful for all the people who have done it it's really really worth it so definitely get in touch with me today and book the down in the day declutter for now i'm wishing you all a great week and happy organizing thanks for listening to the journey to organization podcast you can find rebecca on twitter and instagram at balagonbegon and on pinterest as rebecca saltzman visit balagonbegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.